Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, and we take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. You can always join us live each Sunday morning at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m. at our Rock Spring, Georgia campus, or at 11 a.m. at our Rossville, Georgia campus, which is just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Well, thank you to the worship team who did a fantastic job. We've we've longed for that day for three months. I don't know about y'all, but it's been just good to have people in the room as we've uh, as we worship uh, today. So thank you so much. And for those of you online, man, hope you enjoyed that worship service online at Rossville as well. And Corbin and the team did a fantastic job there. So I started a series. You saw my bumper. I started the series scattered. I'm starting it today. And that is being the church without the church. We just came through an unsettling time for the church. We had to leave our building and kind of scatter across what we call Peavine City, which is a 20-mile radius here of where I stand. And that's our ministry. That's our target area. And this this kind of upset some people. I mean, it was took a little bit of getting used to. But here's what I know. It wasn't the first time in the history of the church that the church was scattered for a while and came back together. As a matter of fact, next week, I'll, I'll, I'll dive into the book of Acts, and I'm going to show you in the book of Acts where that exact thing happened in the book of Acts and how they ca- carried on and conducted themselves when they were scattered. And we're going to find out what should we be doing while we're scattered because we're still scattered today. About 50% of our church will be here today and 50% online and so we're still scattered all across Peavine City. So how do we how do we conduct ourselves during that? Can we still do the mission God has for us? Can God still work in our lives? And, I, and I'm going to tell you he can and I'm going to show you that over the next few weeks. But today I want to do something that's a little bit different. It's almost not a sermon. It's almost just a talk uh, as we as we kind of uh, come back into the church setting today. I want to talk I, I just I really want to make a statement to you today. And here's a statement I want to make and that's this. I am proud to be your pastor. And I'm going to tell you why I'm proud to be your pastor over the next 15 minutes, if you'll hang out with me for just a moment. Ephesians 1, 15 and 16, Paul said this, This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stopped giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. Today I want to do something a little different. I want to tell you one thing, and that is I am proud to be the pastor of Peavine Baptist Church, or as Denny calls it, Peavine City Church. Just like Paul told the church at Ephesus that he thanked God for them in every prayer. I want you to know that I have been doing that and the staff has been doing that for the last three months. And so what I want to do today is kind of in the introduction, tell you how we know God's hand has been on our church for three months and then kind of just brag on you for what you let God do through you. You know the story on, for us at least, you may have forgotten it was March 15th, the first Sunday, we didn't meet. And on March the 13th, we sent out a big communication that said, we're meeting Sunday. And on March 14th, me, I was invited on a call with the governor. About 100 of the pastors were on the call where he really said, we, we really don't want you meeting. You just, especially if you're a larger church, we, we just, this thing's going to get out of control here in the early days. And he really, and I want you to know, the governor has spoken with me several times. He's very much pro keeping church doors open. He, he's on our side with this, but he's also trying to help keep us safe. And so we decided on that Saturday with about uh, 20 hours notice or less to, to not meet 
on the 15th. And we thought it would last a couple of weeks. Like we really thought Jeremy and I were talking, Jeremy came in that week and he's like, man, I can't wait till come back Sunday. And in our mind, you know, come back Sunday would be, uh, you know, 2,500 people here on campus. And, and we still haven't had come back Sunday yet. Like it's not come back Sunday until we can hug. Can I get an amen right there? Like, like, we're we're back, but let, let's just reserve the big party until then. And so um, we thought the last couple of weeks, but can I tell you how we've seen God's hand on our church? Can I go back to last year? Well, we've been streaming to the Rossville campus for a couple of years right now. We've been trying to improve that technology and master that technology. But you know our vision here is to reach 1% of Peavine City with the gospel of Jesus. That's 4,970 people. That's our starting point. And uh, uh, we, we know we need to open more campuses. Our big goal is about five campuses in total. And so when we met in November for our staff retreat, now when you hear the word retreat, take it with a grain of salt. You can stop any of the staff members and ask them, uh, uh, why does he, why, do y'all have funny, here's the truth, I work them about 16 hours a day on a staff retreat, and that's, I'm not joking with that. The only break I give them is to eat a sandwich at lunch, and then we go to dinner somewhere at night, and we have the whole thing mapped out. Every hour is mapped out on what we're doing over a three-day period. So to use the word retreat is, is, is not true. It's, it's a working getaway is what it is. And so when we met, one of the sessions was to discuss what our what we felt like God would have our next campus be because we come into that retreat in prayer and we pray while we're there. And so uh, we, we decided, hey, we brought a lot of things to the table God laid on our heart. And we decided we really felt like in November that our next campus ought to be our online campus. And we'd really never had that idea before, but we really felt impressed by God that Hey, we're, we, and we have an idea on a third campus, but we said we feel like our next step is an online campus. So we left, and we made tentative plans to launch it in May or August of 2020. And we just began to prepare for an online campus. For example, how many of you, did any of you come to the Global Leadership Summit we did in November? Can I see your hand? Yeah, several of you did. And we, when we did that, we learned about some technology that we didn't know that actually made streaming to Rossville better. And in the beginning of this year, we bought that technology and really hadn't really used it yet, but we, we had it waiting in the wings to make it better. That's just one major item. If you were coming to church before this, you know, these lights that we have now, we had put in two weeks before the shutdown. These lights are installed to make the online experience that much better. Two years ago, we bought a high-definition cameras and put into the building, and during the shutdown, we, we grabbed a fourth one out of another building that wasn't being used. And Denny, who's in the booth right now making sure the online service is running well, has been incredible in putting all of that together. Before dentistry, before dentistry, um, <laughs> Before Denny was in ministry, he had a real job. He was in IT at, at a place, and so Denny knows as much about tech as any of us, and so he began to put all of that in place. And can I tell you, during the, the, during the, the, during the online-only period, it's been amazing what we've seen. And can I stop and just for two minutes say, get you to help me with some thank, thank yous. Our tech and AVL team that came every Sunday 
during the lockdown. And we would meet right here at 9 o'clock every morning and have prayer and talk about the day and talk about what God did last week and what we wanted God to do this week. And, man, we had to run them off. Like, there were some that shouldn't have been here, you know. We're kind of like, hey, you should be at home right now. But they work tirelessly, and they, they are great all the time. But they have been great during this lockdown. And would you do me a favor, and would you just say thank you to everybody that works in that booth every single week? I mean, guys are fantastic. Thank you so much. They're, they're so good. Our musicians and singers practice every week. I know some of you have favorite singers you wanted to see on stage, but we determined early on to keep that footprint exactly what it was. We wanted to keep the group tight because we didn't want to expose more people because they were having to practice still on Wednesday nights and we were trying to keep that group very, very small. But they've been here week in and week out. And I, guys, I, gals, I appreciate you guys so much. And He's not in this service, but how many of you know Ken Thomas? Anybody know Ken Thomas? He came to the 8.30 service. He brought us donuts from Krispy Kreme every single Sunday morning. Like boxes and boxes of donuts every single Sunday morning. All the, we needed the sugar to keep it operating well uh, in the caffeine, but can I tell you that our volunteers and our staff are incredible? That our motto during this time became thrive, not survive. And I tell you how that happened because that first week it happened, I started using language like this. Hey, we're going to have to try to survive this. We're going to have to try to survive this. We're going to have to try to survive this. And about a week into that, God convicted my heart. And God kind of spoke into my heart one day. It was in my quiet time at home. God spoke into my life and he said, so all you think is I'm a God big enough to make you survive this. And I was kind of like, no, I got faith. And from that kind of minute with God, I came out and I told the staff when we put it all over our offices, hey, our goal is not to survive the shutdown. Our goal is to thrive during the shutdown and be a bigger church coming out of it than we were going into it. And can I tell you this? We were setting records on the way into it. It's the largest uh, January and February and 1st of March in the history of Peavine Baptist Church. And so we determined we were not going to just survive. We were going to thrive during this time. Can I tell you, can I, can I brag on your staff for one minute before I, I turn it to you? Daniel, who is our executive pastor, who's managed the day-to-day uh, uh, of the church and navigating the unsure waters, even financially. Jeremy, who's been mobilizing volunteers uh, to work within the community and even starting online training, which we may keep going forward. Corbin, who kept in touch with the Rossville uh, campus and then handled a, a big tech load and helped us in worship. Nathan, who kept uh, connected with the youth during all of this time and did the hard task of preaching to a camera every Wednesday night. Denny, who kept the tech, which is very, very finicky, fine-tuned, making weekly changes and working with Mark in, in the tech and just making sure it all runs smoothly. Josh, who led us in worship and, again, did the hard task of worshiping with excitement to an empty room. Heather, our children's director. How many of you saw VBS online yesterday? Did you sign your kids up for that? Listen, she did a fantastic job of producing kids' content every Saturday and other things. Listen, we had a 600% increase in yesterday's online kids' service with the uh, VBS. She worked with Carla and Lindsay to keep our little ones connected during this time. And poor Tyler. Tyler, are you in the room? Tyler, Tyler, Tyler in the room? Hey, Tyler's in the back. Turn and look at Tyler. I want you all to know who he is. I'm pointing right there. 
Don't you know who he is? He hates me doing this. Uh, we hired Tyler a few months ago as full-time communications director, and we have worked that poor boy to death during this time. As a matter of fact, when this all happened, I, I kind of sat down with Tyler, and I said, Tyler, a couple things. This is going to be really hard on you because we're going to produce a lot of social media and communication content and that kind of thing. Also, you're the only one of us that cannot get coronavirus during the shutdown. Like You have to stay healthy no matter. Somebody else can preach. Somebody else can sing. Only you can do what you do, and we've worked him hard. Brad, our maintenance director, who during this time, believe it or not, has been building. Like, for example, the, the sound booth there, the AVL booth, that is now twice the size it was. of. If you think it's bigger, it's twice as big as when you were here last, and Brad just built that. We told him what we wanted, and he just built it. The offering boxes, um, we didn't buy those. We showed Brad a picture, and he built those and a bunch of other things. Jennifer, our financial secretary, has worked with Daniel to keep our finances in order. Our support staff, Melissa, Kyla, Hannah, Shelby, Sherry, and Pat, who we may work from home, they've all been above and beyond. Our workload didn't decrease, it increased during this time. And I just want to say to our staff, I am proud to be their boss, pastor, and friend. But I want to tell you this, our staff to a person would rather me brag on you today and tell you that we're proud to serve you whether you're watching online at Rossville or here in this room, we're, we're proud to serve you in ministry today. That's always been true, but it's so true now. Can I give you four reasons we're proud to serve you? Number one, during this time, I've been so proud of your serving. You know what we discovered during this time? It's hard to do ministry when you can't touch people. Like it does require a hug or a handshake or something. And so we were scrambling in the beginning. How do we do ministry? Let me tell you just a few things. These are just a few of the things we did uh, during this time that you did. We've had teams, and this is in no particular order, who came in every week, Monday and Thursday, and packed over 700 lunches a day and helped serve our county 113,000 breakfasts. Is that the right word? Breakfasts? Breakfasts? Daniel? Breakfasts. And 173,000 lunches, or if I'm going to be grammatically correct, lunch I is what we served, lunch I's, lunches. Listen, they distributed food to our campus, 60 families every week here, food. Look, during the tornadoes that came through Chattanooga area in this area, you donated two pallets of Food that we took to the YMCA to help feed tornado victims. Not only that, our youth went out led by Nathan and they cleared trees for members and non-members during the tornado that came through. Our deacons, it's just a few things. They, they helped widows during this time, did work around their yards. Our deacons, we gave them a church role and they called every single member that was 60 years old and older to check on you and to pray with you and find out if we could serve. We did graduations for Boynton Elementary and Wood Station Elementary and helped them pull it all off online. We distributed 20,000 Easter eggs to 1,500 kids because we'd bought them already. And what are you going to do with 20,000 Easter eggs? And I'm just saying, that's a little bit of what we did. There was a lot more going on. But I want to tell you, there were members reaching out to members. We called the government officials, the health department. I stayed in contact with our state. Like we were saying, what can we do to serve? And here's what we said. If our, if our area needs anything, we'll meet any needs you have. You say, that's a pretty bold uh, statement. No, here's what I knew. Our church loves Jesus. Our church loves Peavine. 
Our church loves the people in this area, and we love the mission God has given us to reach every person in Peavine City with the gospel. So Peavine, can I tell you, whether you're here today or you're watching it line, or also, I'm, I'm proud of your serving. Number two, can I tell you, I'm proud of your giving. Let me tell you a quick story. Last year in the spring, I went to Daniel, and I said to Daniel, I said, Daniel, I, I got an idea I, I want you to do, take a little work, and I said, I want us to come up with an emergency budget. And I don't even know what I mean by that, but here's, here's what I think I mean. I want us to come up with... Um, an emergency budget that if something weird were to happen and we couldn't have church as normal and we had to suspend uh, spending and, and maybe the offerings weren't coming in like they should, I said, I want us to have an emergency budget so we can just flip the switch and, and have this guidelines. And I said, I, I can't even think of what we would, why I want this. I, don't, I can't even tell you why. I said, but here's what I tell you. If we were in Florida, if we were a church in Florida, it, we'd be worried about a hurricane. Now, we probably don't have to worry about a hurricane up here, but that's all I can think of. So let's work on an emergency budget. Probably won't ever use it. It's not like a pandemic's going to come through or anything. It's not like we'll ever use it, and so let's work on it. So he and Jennifer worked for, I think it was about six months, and they'd ask me questions, and we'd work on the emergency budget. About six months ago, we, we had an emergency budget. We filed it away, thought we'd never use it until March 16th. And I walked in the office and I said to Daniel, let's go meet with Jennifer and get the budget. We walked in and we had about a 15-minute meeting. And in 15 minutes, we had a well-oiled emergency budget to immediately implement for our church. We knew exactly what was essential spending, exactly what was not essential spending, because we didn't know what was going to happen financially. Can, can I show you what happened financially during that time? The gold bars represent giving in 2019, and the gray bars represent giving in 2020. The first one you see is the beginning of the shutdown. The last one you see goes through last week. As you can notice, about half the time the gold bars are higher, about half the time the gray bars are higher. Can I tell you a couple of weird things? Two of the largest five offerings in the history of our church we're right here and right here. Two of the five largest offerings in the history of our church, including year-end giving, came right here and right here. Now, we started slow, and we petered out the last few weeks. So give your tithes and offerings today. But um, here's the big number. We're off about $1,500 a week in offerings. Can I tell you that we're better than any church I know? That your giving has been phenomenal. And I want to tell you this, many of you did through the small business you own, you got the PPP loan. That was available to us from the government. And we debated on getting it. We didn't know what to do. We, it was in the early days. It really came too quickly uh, for us to know what to do. And we got all the information. At the last moment, we sat down together. And here's what we said. We're not going to do it. And i tell you what happened. We got one of those large offerings and then just decided, you know what? We're just going to trust God. I'm nervous about getting money from the government as a church. And so we're just not going to do it. We're going to trust God and what happens, happens. And we're less than $1,500 off. It, that's an incredible number. Can I tell you this, P. Vine? I'm proud of the way you gave. I know many of you were hurt financially during this time, but you kept on giving. And I'm proud that you get the mission and vision of what you're trying to do. So our philosophy was 
not survive. Our philosophy was thrive, not survive. So you know what we did? We took out television commercials during this time. How many of you have seen our television commercial? Let me, let me see your hand. You've seen it? How many of you have seen our online ads? Like, have you seen our online ads? Yeah. We've had WRCB weather app videos. We've had television commercials. We've had online ads. Here's what. We went all in. We, we quit spending other stuff and went all in on trying to drive people to our online services. Why? Because we believe the mission is still the same whether in a pandemic or not. And that is to reach every person in Peavine City with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can only do that because of the way you gave. And can I tell you, thank you for giving. Thank you for giving. N number three, I want to tell you this. I'm proud of the way you shared. Hey, overnight, evangelism went totally digital. Like overnight, your neighbor did not want you to knock on their door and tell them about Jesus, right? Overnight, the person at work, you couldn't invite them to church to tell them about Jesus because you weren't at work overnight. So we kind of went all in on digital evangelism. Can I tell you, here's some things we saw. We have 635 new Facebook likes since March 15th, which is a fantastic number. But get this, we've reached over 60,000 different individuals on Facebook since March the 15th. And keep in mind, we were averaging 1,600 when, when this started. Our most shared item was the song we just sang, Graves in the Gardens, where, where the group shot it at their own home, and we put it together in, in, in a video. It reached almost 41,000 people and was shared over six, 360 times during that time. And get this on Easter, we had over 6,000 individual user sessions. And I know what you're thinking, what is a user session? We have no idea. There's a lot of numbers we can get from the online stuff, and we've emailed them and called them and asked them what it means, and they will not give us a clear, the answers as fuzzy as the question is. We're not sure. Here's what we know it means, that there were at least 6,000 people watching our online Easter service. And remember, our goal is to reach 1%, which is how many? Help me. 4,970. We know we did it two or three Sundays during the lockdown. Not only did we reach that many in Peavine City, but look at this. This is a random Sunday in March. All these red dots don't represent one person. They could represent hundreds, but they at least represent one person. Look at our coverage. That is you sharing it with your friends, your co-workers, your family that are scattered all around America and even around the world. We got a lot of watches off military bases even as you shared it what that translated into that translated into 17 people online texting idea to 97,000 that is 17 salvations in 13 weeks that's not bad can I tell you this that's not bad considering we had no idea what we were doing when we started out, right? Like that's you sharing. Seven of those are already scheduled for baptism. We had three rededications. We had two out of town people, one in Florida, who by the way was at our 930 service, uh, two out of town, one in Atlanta, one in LA. The, the story in LA is amazing. Uh, Jeremy, will I have him tell that story soon about a lady who stumbled across us, across us, had no connection to anybody here whatsoever and got saved. We've connected them to a local church in their area. 
We've had stories of families being restored, lives being changed, people being saved, marriages being fixed, all because you were willing to be a digital witness and share a link and tell others about it. I've heard from you who said you were finally able to get someone to watch a service and you can never get them to church. I've heard you talk about your family members who were willing to... Uh, 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 never would come, but were willing to watch it online on Sundays as there was a lot of anxiety going around. Listen, I love it that you get the vision of what we're trying to do, our mission of reaching every person, and you did it, and I'm so proud to be your pastor. Not every church fared as well, but I'm so proud of what you did. Number four, can I tell you this? I'm proud of your understanding. There was, there was a lot of controversy about corona in closing, right, on March 15th. Like, we got both phone calls. We now have people in our church who believe we ought to surgically implant masks on everybody until the day they die. And then, as Daniel says, we have people who believe it was a Bill Gates conspiracy and he made the virus with a Microsoft, uh, probably Microsoft Vista, if I remember correctly, Microsoft Vista, and uh, he's attacking Apple users with it. <laughs> you say, preacher, where are you? I'm leaning towards that Bill Gates thing. I'm going to be honest with you. It sounds the most right to me. And we have everything in between. Now listen to me. This may sound harsh. I don't mean it harsh. Listen. Our mission is not to have a country club. Sometimes I regret we use country club language like members and that kind of thing. Our mission, if our mission was to have a country club environment, we would have made a lot different decision on March the 14th than what we did. Our mission is to reach every person in Peavine City with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that drove our decision to close. Here's why. Staying open would have harmed our ability to spread the gospel more than staying closed or open would have. And we just saw it happening. We saw news medias around America really coming down on hard churches that were opening and really hurting their witness. And so we just said, hey, you know what? We feel like for us, the best thing to do is just to go to online services for a little while. And you were so understanding of that. Thank you for putting up with our mistakes, our learning curve, our indecision, our confusion, our changes from week to week. Thank you for understanding that we couldn't go to the hospital or funerals or surgeries, and by the way, neither could or can you. You truly displayed the Spirit of Christ, and it makes me proud to be your pastor. And I know, I know, if you were in charge, you would have done things differently. I know you would have. If you were in charge, you've said it at home. You said, tell you what, if I was the pastor, I would have done this and not that. I get it. I get it. I, I, there were times I wanted you to be in charge. You would have operated differently. You would have said things differently. You would have done things differently. And you would not have given yourself a bad haircut and had to wear a ball cap on Sunday. Like some preachers I heard about did. You were patient and understanding and not every church was. And so all I want to say today, my whole sermon is I'm proud to be your pastor. Sherry and I love you. We thank God for you. And I want to encourage you to go ahead and keep doing everything I'm saying, whether you're here or online, Rossville, wherever you may be. Hey, would you keep serving? Would you keep giving? Would you keep sharing? 
you know, sharing may be more important. Your witness may be more important that now because let me tell you what's going to happen. Some people are going to come to church. Some people are going to stay home. And if we're not careful, some people are going to fall through the cracks. Because if you're online, you think they're here. And if you're here, you think they're online. And they may not be either. And your witness may be more important now than it's ever been. And would you keep on understanding as we make changes, as we move forward, as we do would you keep on understanding? This is not, can I tell you this? God is up, God has been up to something big at Peavine. We have doubled in size in three and a half years. That's unheard of. But I think God is up to something bigger at Peavine. On what I call trickle back Sunday. We're not, it's not come back. We're just kind of trickling back in. I'm proud to be your pastor. And I don't ever want to end without saying this. If you're watching today and don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you're in the room and don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can take care of that today. There's some of you watching online. There's some of you in the room that God drove you to this point because something's turned upside down in your life and the Holy Spirit has whispered into your heart, Jesus is the only answer. Not church, not religion, not a sermon, Jesus. If you want to trust Jesus today and have Christ, the power of Christ in your life, and heaven is your home. It's as simple as ABC. A, you have to admit that you're a sinner and you can't work or earn your way to heaven. I can't do it. You can't do it. No one's ever done it but Jesus. B, you have to believe that Christ died on the cross for your sin and rose again the third day. We call that the gospel and you have to believe it. I'm reading Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis again and I encourage you to pick it up. And here's what he says in Mere Christianity. And I'm paraphrasing. He says, I'm not telling you I can explain it because I can't explain it but I have to believe it that Christ died on the cross and he rose again the third day once you do that you're halfway saved but halfway saved is all the way lost you've got to do the last thing see confess him as Lord and Savior of your life the Bible says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved so I'm going to invite you to stand with me here in the room home if you'll just bow your heads and close your eyes if you're in the room if you'll bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you are if you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life I want you to pray with me right now you want to know Christ and have your sins forgiven and heaven is your home heads are bowed eyes are closed no one looking around you want to be saved pray this with me say dear Lord Jesus I know that I'm a sinner and cannot save myself but I believe the gospel that Christ died on the cross for my sin and rose again the third day. And just now I invite Jesus Christ into my heart and life to save me and to give me a home in heaven. And I trust Jesus and Jesus alone. Hey, look this way, wherever you are, if you just prayed that prayer with me, you are born again. Here's what I want you to do. Take your phone and text, I did to 97,000, I did. There's a pamphlet we want to send you. It's a short book, just a few pages long, that tells you the next seven steps you ought to take in the Christian life. So whether you're in the room, whether you're watching online, whether you're at Rossville, I did to 97,000, and that'll just start the process of us getting that material to you uh, over the next few weeks. Hey, Peavine, I love you. Proud to be your pastor. Thanks for letting us have a weird comeback Sunday uh, uh, where we're trying to figure, figure coming out back. Like this, this is different for us today too. Thank you just for being a fantastic church. My wife and I love you so much. I'm going to pray. They're going to sing us out. 
but we do ask that you exit quickly. There's not a, another service that needs to come in right now, but if you're going to fellowship, we don't want to witness it. So that way I can say the news camera, I don't know, man, nobody shook hands in that room. I, tell, I promise you that. We saw that. Parking lot, they're on their own. But hey, thank you for being here. Father, we love you. We are so thankful to be back. And Lord, it may be a trickle back. It may not be a flood, but we can feel it coming. We can feel this being over. We can feel our, our nation being healed. We can feel this happening. And thank you for today, just letting it be that first spark. And so I pray that today people trusted you as Savior. I pray that Pevine turns off the television or the phone or the iPad or the computer or they leave this building knowing that we have a great God and a great church and you've got big things planned for us in the days ahead. We love you, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. In the name of the only one who rose again, Jesus. Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. For more information about Peavine or to get in touch with us, please visit our website, peavine.org. Thanks for listening.